Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Clear Thinking, brought to you by Better Broadhead. Our town, their future. Please welcome your host, Aaron Menzel. Hey, welcome Brian Bennett to Clear Thinking Podcast. Uh, he is a officer at Broadhead Police Department. Thank you for joining me today, Brian. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, um, first of all, why don't you let the audience know um, what your experience is at Broadhead PD, how long you've been an officer? Yeah, I've been with Broadhead Police Department for over 12 years now as a police officer, uh, and now currently the canine handler, uh, and also um, through my experience uh, working with drug investigations and uh, going through drug training courses. Yeah, and uh, we worked together for a Lottie, long time. Lottie years, yeah. <laughs> Lottie years. Lottie years. Um, and from the beginning, you were like super interested in drug enforcement. Can you kind of explain why or why that interested you from the beginning? Uh, it's just always interested me with it's always changing. Uh, when I first started, it was, you know, especially in Broadhead, a lot of marijuana use. Uh, and now that's changed, and that just goes into. Uh, again, just how, you know, the changing of drug trends. And it's just, it's always interested me, and I've always found it just fascinating how, how that all works. Yeah, I, I've always found drug use and trends interesting, too. I just think it's an interesting part of, like, human behavior, right. you know, drug use. It's it's really fascinating. So you talked about drug trends. So how has it kind of morphed in your 12 years of um, enforcement abroad in? Well, when I started, it was a lot of heroin use, uh, and that's kind of changed into still the continuing amount of heroin use, but also methamphetamine use in Wisconsin has really started to um, climb uh, high. And I know that the Wisconsin Attorney General's really taken a big approach on starting task force for uh, the, you know, methamphetamine use. So, again, uh, it just really changed. Uh, also, marijuana use, again, is still has still always been there, but um, now with the high concentration uh, of THC um, coming from uh, California and a lot of the states where it's legal has really, um, really changed the game uh, as far as, you know, what we see now in Broadhead specifically. Yeah. Do you um, think that marijuana use specifically um, among youth, just in your your perception of it, has the use changed over the years? Uh, yes. Uh, when I first started, it was a lot of, uh, I guess you could call it ditch weed uh, right. that we've seen in our area. And then it became, you know, the uh, BC bud, they call it British Columbia bud. Um, which is considered like the high high concentration of THC, and now it's really the you know anywhere from you know seventy to ninety percent or even higher uh, THC you know from uh, the actual THC oil THC wax that they call now. Uh, it's just extremely high amount of THC that even back in the '60s uh, was really only you know 20 percent, 15 percent THC, and now it's just extreme. It's off the charts high. So, historically, what led to that um, high THC? Is it that there the marijuana industry is genetically modifying it to have higher THC? Is that yes. kind of what's happening? Okay, I believe a lot of um, again the 
you know, that group uh, has really um, invested a lot of money into scientific, you know, scientifically enhancing it. Um, where now it, you know, uh, again, can really impair you, especially if you're not used to, you know, your first time, you know, you know, taking an edible or, you know, um, smoking the, you know, THC wax. It really, you know, can um, affect you in a way where maybe before it wouldn't have just because of the high volume of THC inside of it. Right. And um, you're seeing a lot of use of edibles among youth as well? Yes. Okay. I, yeah. Yes. Um, okay. The edibles and also the um, THC liquid we're seeing, especially in our community, um, with the jewel or the okay, smoking devices now, vaping right. pens. Um, and I think that's all over. Um, but, you know, specifically in our community, that's what we're seeing with our youth. Uh, and again, just the high potency of that THC and that liquid uh, really can, you know, impair drivers uh, and can really be a ma- bad mixture, especially when operating motor vehicles. Yeah, and the dangerous part of those edibles as well is they have like, um, the dosing or the serving size is like a Correct. cookie. You're supposed to eat a sixth of it, yep. but you, I mean, who just eats right. a sixth <laughs> of a cookie? Right. So you eat the whole thing and now you have like a hundred milligrams of THC right. in your body rather than 10, yep. which is what they say you're supposed to have according to the package. Right. right. So, um, yeah. And they, you can, um, go into, um, psychosis from that much THC, yep. And um, tachycardia, all sorts of, like, really bad side effects right. from that much THC. Oh. I think that there's a perception that THC is not harmful when there can be side effects when you ingest that Correct. much of it. And it takes a while for the edibles to be um, digested. So then it's, like, three hours later. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's, and you're still... Yeah, exactly. Yes. You're getting the side effects that much longer, yeah. like later, or you have some. Yeah. An hour later, you're still not feeling some, so you eat more, right. and then you eat more, and yeah, that can lead to. I think Colorado's seen. I don't remember what the percentage is, but I know it's quite a bit of an increase in ER visits because of THC, what they would call like an overdose yeah. or substance use issue. Yeah. So, um, do you see kind of like a correlation between kids using early like THC or alcohol or whatever it is and then later substance use issues do you kind of see that in your work I I believe so yeah Uh, I know that um, a lot of you know youth peer pressure um, or they're just wanting to experiment with it uh, usually tend to you know want to maybe experiment something different um and I think that's a big challenge, especially when it comes to, you know, parenting to step in, you know, and, and talk to their kids and be open about, you know, this is, you know, what can, you know, what can happen. Um, I know that, you know, a lot of this really starts at home with parents just talk, you know, having an open conversation and, you know, talking about, you know, what's going on. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot of the problems would possibly be solved by, you know, parents just talking to their kids openly about it and not really shying away from it. Um, And, you know, I I hope that, you know, especially with Better Broadhead, we can really start to kind of hit home with that with parents and, you know, saying, hey, it starts at home. We're here to help you um, and educate you with what we're seeing. Um, So hopefully we can avoid, you know, kids, you know, maybe they're, you know, touch, you know, doing THC or the THC oil and, you know, then that may, you know, trend to, you know, 
okay, I want to try, you know, cocaine. I want to see what that does. Right. Or, you know, heroin. I want to see what that does, you know, to my body. Because a lot of it is, you know, kids are experimenting. Right. Um, and, you know, again, just parents talking to their kids, telling them this is what can happen. Right, yeah. I think that, you know, kids are bombarded with a lot of information. But um, when their parents are open and honest, I think it makes a, I agree. a big difference. Um, and I think... Uh, you know, Better Broadhead tries pretty hard to educate the public, but I think that there's a lot of room for improvements and mm-hmm. ways that we can continue to talk to parents. Um, do you think that if the schools and the police departments had a relationship where they could have a um, school resource officer eventually, do you think that would impact use among youth I in think, the schools? I think it would a lot. Uh, with that being said, you know, talking with a lot of um, school liaison officers, this their rapport that they build with the kids uh, is huge. Uh, the kids are able to talk to that school resource officer um, with, you know, with no judgment. And they're able to, you know, you know, whether it's a family problem at home or, hey, you know, my friend Billy's, you know, Try, you know, experimenting with this, you know, I think he's going down the wrong path. I think right. it really would help um, have them be able to open up to an officer, you know. Um, I know, again, talking with other um, liaisons, it, just that friendship that they build is just right. huge. And um, I think Broadhead really could use one. Uh, and yeah, also so it, it does a lot of other stuff, too, with... Um, you know, active shooters. I, it, obviously, the studies have shown that it um, really helps prevent that. Right. And it's kind of a deterrent, correct. right? For if someone is planning something like that, they know that mm-hmm. there's an officer in there and it's not going to be in, they're correct. not going to have that ease of um, executing it, basically, right? Correct. Like, it, and, and they're going to be stopped right, quicker. And, and I know in the past that, you know, school liaison officers you know they're the front line for the school mm-hmm. um and also that there's been you know some um active shooters that have been stopped because students have you know told you know a school liaison officer or a law enforcement officer that they trust so i really think that that would be huge for broadhead and yeah, a big step forward so do you think it would be really um a deterrent for kids to not vape in school, not drink in the parking lot, not, you know, engage in any drug activity on school grounds? I, I think it would personally. Okay. Uh, again, knowing just that deterrent, just like the canine right. that we have, um, it's a big deterrent talking with, again, other handlers and other officers. The ch- you know, the kids won't know when we're there. Right. Um, I'd like to think that they would not want to take that chance and, you know, bring a vape pen into the school and smoke in the bathroom or, you know, have, you know, be drinking outside because that just that chance of an officer, you know, being there, uh, I think would really help, you know, and definitely make our school a safer place. Uh, Again, we don't need that type of, you know, the alcohol or the THC in our schools. It should be a safe place for them to be able to learn and, and, you know, and, and make friends and, you know, again, learn how to be a good adult. Yeah. So kind of off of the topic of school resource officers and back to drugs a little bit more, do you anticipate within the next few years that marijuana will be legalized from your, like, opinion of what's going on legislatively and across the nation? I think it will. I know um, 
uh, Governor Evers has made it very clear that, you know, that's what he would like to do, just kind of watching the news. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, as far as law enforcement, I just need to get ready for. Uh, it's still going to be illegal for juveniles to possess it. You know, there's mm-hmm. no difference. Um, and I just hope that if it does go down that road, that, you know, adults are responsible and, you know, and consuming it. And um, I just, again, the big thing's uh, the children, making sure, um, you know, it's not being accessible by them, whether the parents are, you know, have it in a safe or a lockbox, um, just so that, you know, the, the children aren't getting it. Um, right. Again, the high potency of, you know, the THC and, you know, the, the ER visits that may happen if a juvenile eats an edible. Um, yeah, that's the stuff we want to prevent. But, I, yes, I, I think that's coming down the road um, maybe within the next two to three years for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that Better Broaded, we've been talking about that as well. How do you think that will impact use among our Broaded youth? Do you think that use for a while is going to go up or do you think that it's probably going to stay pretty steady it's your assumption i i kind of have two thoughts i i feel it it could stay the same um because again you know if you want to do it you'll always find a way of getting it um i hope it doesn't go up but i also have part of me feels that it, it may have see a huge spike um, so I kind of I'm kind of torn on how I feel whether it's going to stay right. the same or it's you're going to we're going to see a huge spike just like everything else um, something new mm-hmm. you know I mean being a kid at one time you know you want to try it you want to do it you know <laughs> yeah. it's something new it's fun hopefully we would see it tail off right um, but again uh, as far as the law enforcement aspect, aspect you know they're not going to be able to possess it so. Um, you know, we would still have the same procedures as far as us. Right. Um, I just, uh, un, you know, with Colorado's OWIs really kind of skyrocketing. They are. Um, that's one thing that I really hope that we don't see in Wisconsin. But, again, it's it's just people being responsible. Yeah, definitely. Can you um, explain to people how driving behavior is different when someone is impaired on THC compared to alcohol? Because I think there's kind of some misconception about how you're, I've heard that some people all say that I'm a safer driver when I'm high. Can you explain how that impairment kind of works? Yeah, the impairment's there. Um, I know I've heard the same thing, I'm safer or THC or smoking marijuana is safer than alcohol, and that's not true. Um, you know, THC, especially, you know, if you're a first-time user or, you know, you may think you drive better, um, your reaction time may be delayed. Um, and I feel that, you know, working in Broadhead, that, you know, that's kind of the, the stereo, you know, kind of the typical, yeah, I smoked weed, you know, maybe two hours ago or an hour ago, or I just smoked Okay, well, you know, sir, you may be, you know, I'm going to put you through field sobriety because, you know, most likely impaired. You, right. you know, recently smoked that. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, we see that people are impaired, you know, based off of our field sobriety tests um, and advanced field sobriety tests that we have them go through. And a lot of the times, at least from what I've seen, especially in the juveniles, they're shocked. They're just, they, they're just kind of like oh my god you know you're arresting me and it's like well yes yes i am you know based off of my field sobriety tests that you know i've had you go through an advanced training that i've had um i don't believe that they 
think it's a big deal, and it really is. Right. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, they kind of had to learn, you know. The hard way. The hard yeah. way. Um, but I also think, you know, with certain, you know, juveniles that, you know, I, you know, I've arrested personally, it really opened their eyes to kind of see, oh, geez, you know, I mean, this is serious. You know, right. I mean, you know, I could have hurt someone, you know, I am impaired, you know. Um, I think, you know, if it does or when it does legalize or even now, um, we really need to kind of put more into, you know, talking with the juveniles, telling them, hey, I mean, smoking, you know, smoking weed is impaired driving. Okay. Um, so how does it affect? Is it just delaying your response time differently than alcohol or you know how does that all impact your ability to drive if i were to take the class or if i were to put on the class i would have um a drug recognition expert okay give the class because they're um, better at, i mean not better but they're yeah, no, you they, know, educated they, on how it affects your motor skills right correct uh, depending on if it's um like a stimulant a depressant Cannabis. Right. I right. I feel I have a lot of knowledge, but, <laughs> but as far as the expertise of right. what exactly it does, yeah, I'd I'd want a drug recognition expert to to give the course because they're the ones that have literally went through I don't even know how many hours. It's one of the it's, hardest it's courses. It's a hard class. It's what obtain. like two weeks of class time, right? Correct. And then you have to have so much time and like not interning but it's like uh, in the field right training and a lot of the times they do it in Milwaukee Minneapolis where they have that high volume of people that you know of all types of drugs right and it's it's a very intense course right um, their expertise alone I mean they're considered experts in that field right and they're like court certified experts right they can testify in court as an expert so that's who I'd like to (laughs) to give the class that's something that you know I I think in Broadhead would be good I think so um, too for the kids to hear because uh, again like you said that statement um, I drive better when I'm high that that's not a good statement. Right. Again, alcohol has a huge, you know, has a lot of effects on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I don't agree with that statement of, again, right. I drive high, you know, better when I'm high. I right. Just, yeah. Know, so, yeah. And I think Better Brought It also, I'm hoping after um, Jen Wichita and I went to that marijuana um, prevention class on Monday, I think we should also talk about how the marijuana industry targets them. Like, even though they can't outright target Mm -hmm. them, they're still targeting them. Correct. You know, they're, um, I don't know if everyone's seen the packaging in, like, Colorado and Oregon and California, but it's brightly colored, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, got logos that are very youth-centered or, like, attract youth. Um, I think that's an issue as well. Yeah. Um, that they don't realize that even now the marijuana industry is ramping up to mm-hmm. start targeting them. I mean, it's already starting somewhat with CBD. Right. Um, well, just like, again, with the jewel got really hit hard, right. you know, for targeting the youth, I'd like to think that that would be something that our governor and, you know, the lawmakers would really look at with the packaging. Right. I mean, that's important um, that you just brought up. I mean, yeah. um, hopefully they'll be ahead of it, take a look at, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked, mm-hmm. in, and really put um, an effort into making sure that some of the stuff that's kind of falling through the cracks, like the packaging and how they're, you know, targeting the youth marketing, will, yeah. will, yeah. won't happen. Because and then again, just like with 
you know, the cigarettes, mm-hmm. you know, they took a hit, you yeah. know. Um, hopefully that they'll be smart and they'll kind of be ahead of that. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think that um, our youth should be aware, too, that, like, Jewel is a company that started out as a marijuana device in Colorado. So it was designed. I did not know that. Yeah, so, like, it's a marijuana yeah. delivery device. So it's almost like... Now they have a foothold, right? They yep. have a, a brand name yep. awareness among our youth in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once marijuana is legalized, is that going to be an easy way for them to then start using? Well, just seeing, just seeing the huge jewel uh, investigation we had earlier in the year, um, I mean, yeah, it's um, – I like to think it's going to be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, based yeah. off of what, you know, I've seen personally, you know, being on the road. Um, and again, hopefully our lawmakers will, I hope so, you know, do their best to try to curb that. Right. But. It's always, I feel like hard for lawmakers to get ahead of the game, especially when, in my opinion, some mm-hmm. of them can be kind of blind to what the real problem is. They're yeah. so far removed yeah. from any sort of, in this case, drug culture. Yep. They don't understand what it, what's going on, so it's hard for them to look at it in a preventative or mm-hmm. well, measured way. I think drug culture and also money talks. I mean, right. let's be real about it. I mean, you know, you got the lobbyists, the marijuana lobbyists. They're very powerful. Yeah, they you know, are very just powerful. Just like the tavern league, just like the tobacco. You know. Yeah. Um, and I, the tobacco prevention group in Rock County. Um, they said that a lot of the tobacco companies are now investing in marijuana companies. So we're just going to have kind of a repeat, right, of, like, the 60s, 70s, 80s of, like, Mm -hmm. huge tobacco advertising towards youth. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens and unfolds in the state. Mm -hmm. Because it's, I mean, what was the referendum um, this fall, right? Yeah. It got and it was like 80% yep. of people um, at that marijuana conference on Monday. It was a doctor from Harvard, and she works in Massachusetts. And someone in the crowd had asked, um, why is it that the lawmakers allowed this to happen? And she said, it was, a, it was a vote. People wanted it. It's not like legislation was like, let's write a new law. Mm-hmm. The people wanted it. Yep. So that's overwhelmingly how each state has passed it. Yep. Yeah. So I think that as a city and as a coalition and schools, like we should all be starting to prepare mm-hmm. for what what we want that to look like in yep. Broadhead. Correct. You know, well, how do we want to protect our youth from mm-hmm. that use? How do we want to educate them? And should we start, I always think, should we start in, like, middle school? Start telling them, like, how it affects your brain and how you're being targeted, you know? Part of me almost thinks, you know, at least in our community, that may be too late even now. You think um, so? Are there a lot I of middle schoolers, you think, that are using? From... What I've heard, you know, being on patrol and right. talking with people, um, yeah, I think that yeah. there's a fair share of, you know, juveniles that have older brothers, older sisters, older friends, you know, that are using. Whether it's every day, I don't, I don't I'd like to think it wouldn't be every day, but right. um, that just that influence of, you know, an older kid, mm-hmm. I, I think it's there. Yeah. Yeah, and that may be something that, like, with our why to why we can mm-hmm. work on, like, talking to them about being good mentors for their younger siblings. 
Yeah. Like how what you do and what you think and say impacts your... And it does. Yeah. I think we were all there, you know, looking up to the older kids in, you know, high school. Right. And they're a huge influence. Yeah, they are. On the younger kids. Yeah, definitely. So, well, thanks for talking to me about drugs and broadhead because we definitely have a I mean every city has an issue with drugs Um, I just think that we need to be aware of it and Mm -hmm. talk to kids about it and not stick our heads in the sand about it (laughs) well thanks again I appreciate it thank you thank you for listening to another episode of Clear Thinking brought to you by Better Broadhead to stay up to date on the next episode please follow us on iTunes